Today's Easter, and it happens to fall on April Fool's Day. I guess we could say that Easter was God's April Fool on the enemy. In fact, early Christians celebrated the days following Easter as a time for laughter and telling jokes because God had played the ultimate joke on Satan. Satan thought he'd won when Jesus died on the cross, but he was wrong. Satan was April Fooled, so it makes sense that Easter is today. And it would make sense that I tell some jokes. I did not get these from Casey. I did not get these from my normal source. I got these from church people. So if you don't like them, it's your fault. <laughs> and I have to apologize to blondes. A blonde was sitting on the train reading the newspaper. The headline blared, 12 bazillion soldiers killed. She shook her head at the sad news and turned to the stranger sitting next to her and asked, how many is a Brazilian? <laughs> we'll try this one. What do you call a grizzly with no teeth? A gummy bear. <laughs> I don't know if I should do this one or not, but we will. At breakfast, the wife eagerly awaited for her husband, John, to comment on her first attempt at homemade cinnamon rolls. After several minutes with no reaction, she asked, If I bake those commercially, how much do you think I could get for one of them? Without looking up from the newspaper, John replied, About ten years. Okay, none of that, enough of that. We're looking at three days that changed everything. I, I got this idea from a message by John Ortberg, who's one of my favorite preachers, so we thought we'd try this today. Friday, of course, is the day Christ died, which we just remembered through communion. Friday is the darkest day in history, often called Good Friday, which may sound like an odd name, but it is good because it's the day our sins are atoned for, and it is the day that we've been set free. But let us not forget it was awful. The day humanity kills God, there is not a greater injustice or wrongdoing than the cross of Friday. Some of you ex have experienced Friday. You've experienced wrongdoing and injustice and pain. If you've lived long enough, you've had a Friday experience. Sin and darkness does to all of us what it did to Jesus, and it does all it can to destroy us and our faith. Sunday is the complete opposite. Nobody saw Sunday coming. Sunday was totally unexpected. It was the death-defying, grave-defeating, life-giving, joy-producing day of transcendent hope, and our world has not gotten over it. Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday are the two most talk-about days in history. Some of you are living Friday right now. You're bearing a cross. There's some crisis or loss you're going through. Friday is a rough day. Uh, Friday is when Jesus has mocked and cursed and killed, and some of you are living Friday right now, and it's hard. Others, you are living Sunday right now. You're experiencing hope, a new life. Everything's good, at least as much as it can be in this life. Things are positive and upbeat, and you're feeling blessed. But there's a whole bunch of you, perhaps the majority, that are living Saturday. You're not in the crisis mode of Friday, and Sunday's not yet come. It's Saturday, that in-between time. As far as we know, there's only one day in the history of the world where no one believed Jesus was alive. Yesterday, Saturday, that in-between day. When we go through our Fridays, we cry out to God for help. We pray and beg for mercy and strength. We're desperate because we're not sure we're going to make it. Sunday is the day those prayers are finally answered and God has come through. Saturday is the day before our prayers are answered. Saturday is the day after the soul gets crushed and the day before the soul is renewed. It's that in-between time between death and life. But what happened that first Saturday? 
There's a lot in the Bible about Friday. There's a lot about Sunday. But what about Saturday? Saturday largely is a day of nothing. God's silence. Some call it Black Saturday. The only day where no one thought Jesus was alive. The disciples have run. They're in hiding. They're depressed. There's a great silence. The king is dead. The disciples wake up Saturday morning. Now what? They thought they were going to be world changers. They thought this was the Messiah. Maybe they got together on Saturday and talked about what went wrong. They don't want to admit it, but Jesus failed. He tried. He was a good man. But something went wrong. He didn't get enough people to follow him. He didn't get the Sanhedrin to understand him. He didn't get the Romans on his side. He wasn't political enough. He wasn't savvy with the media. And the worst moment, as they reflect back on Friday, the worst words of all is when Jesus was on the cross and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, if the best man in the world, the closest person to God who ever lived, can be abandoned by God, what hope is there for us? Saturday was a bad day. Nothing happens to relieve the despair of Friday. Saturday's the day after your dreams have died. You wake up and you have to go on, but you don't know how or why. Saturday's the day after you walk away from the grave of a loved one. Saturday's the day after the divorce is final. It is the day after you find out you cannot bear a child. The day after the doctor says you have cancer. Saturday's the day after. And nothing is better. Why is there Saturday anyway? You know, if Jesus is going to be resurrected, why not just get, get on with it? Why not just die on the cross, then boom, resurrection? Why this intermediate waste of time? Well, 1 Corinthians 15 gives a little hint. It says, For what I received, I passed on to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The reason for the delay is mentioned twice. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And the Bible is full of these three-day stories. When the plague of darkness came on Egypt, three days, and then light happened. Joseph put his brothers in prison for three days, and then they were released. Rahab hides the Israelite spies for three days, then they're safe to go. Esther fasts three days before approaching the king to ask for the life of her people. And it's over and over in Scripture. And Jesus parallels his three days to Jonah. It says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Over and over, this three-day pattern happens in Scriptures. Hosea says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. That sounds like Friday. But he will heal us. That sounds like Sunday. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. That's a pattern over and over. First day, crisis. Second day, silence. Third day, deliverance. The problem is, we don't know how long that second day is going to last. The disciples thought it would last the rest of their lives. They didn't know Sunday was coming until it happened. When you're in that second day, this Saturday, that kind of no man's land, you don't know when or if the deliverance will ever come. You may feel like you'll never get past Saturday. It's never going to get better. I cannot help but to think of the Chicago Cubs. For 108 years, it was Saturday. Would Sunday ever come? It did. What year? 2016. Here's hoping for another 108 years. 
And for you Cardinal fans who are despairing today, I have a word of hope for you. I can predict this. I know this is going to happen. The Cardinals will win a game this year, so do not worry. Saturday is that day of waiting. And in some ways, we could say Saturday was actually worse than Friday. Friday was the pain, but Saturday is the pain plus the silence of God. What now? C.S. Lewis wrote Memoirs of Coming to Faith in his book entitled Surprised by Joy. He writes that it was his longing for joy that led him to Jesus. He did not find true joy until he came to Christ. When he wrote his book, he was a lifelong confirmed bachelor at the age of 57. And then he met a woman. Her name, ironically, was Joy. And his friends said, you really were surprised by joy. After a lifetime of waiting, he was given a wonderful life with joy until some years later she got cancer and died a very painful death. C.S. Lewis wrote another book called A Grief Observed. It's a Saturday book. What is your Saturday? A husband desperate to save his marriage, but it's not going to happen. A terrific guy meets the woman of his dreams, and she says, no thanks, and he's not sure there'll ever be anyone else. You're in a job that is torture and you can't get out. You have a dream for your child and hopes, but that child goes a different direction. You find out from the doctor that your spouse has Alzheimer's. What do you do the next day? When you've had the pain and crisis or the bad news, and the next day there's no word from God. Basically, you have three options when Saturday comes. Despair is one, and if you choose despair you decide that it's always going to be Friday. It's always going to be awful. Paul in 1 Corinthians says, how can some of you say there's no resurrection from the dead? So there were some in the early Jesus movement that said death wins. Just give up, quit. Some of you might be real close to that right now. And the enemy is is taking advantage of it, hissing into your ears, give up, give up. God doesn't love you. He's forgotten you. He's not going to do anything. You're worthless. You don't matter. There is no hope. Despair is a bleak way to live, but some choose it. Second option is denial. It's okay. It'll be all right. A forced optimism. Everything's great. I'm okay. Life is wonderful. It's really a coping mechanism. There were people in the early church that went this route. In Timothy, it says, some teach the resurrection has already taken place. It's already Sunday. So if you're having problems or if you're struggling, hey, it's because you don't have enough faith. You need to just get with the program. It's already Sunday. No, it's not. It's still Saturday. Don't deny it. Now, here's the best option, and you may not like it. But Saturdays are going to happen. If you live long enough, you're going to have a Saturday. And you can live in despair, or you can live in denial, or you can wait. Isaiah says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Not might or could, but will. Sunday will come. It's little like the man who stopped to watch a peewee league baseball game and he asked one of the youngsters out in the field what the score was. And the boy said, we're behind 18 to nothing. And the man said, well, I must say, you don't look very discouraged. And the boy said, discouraged? Why should I be discouraged? We haven't come to bat yet. Just wait, just wait. Now, waiting is not inactivity or passivity. Waiting means that I'll continue to serve him and do what I do. Uh, whatever I do on Sunday, Saturday, I'm going to do trusting him. I'll continue to obey him. I'll witness and I'll do everything by faith. I'll learn from him. I'll perhaps complain to him some. I'll abide with him. But I know it's only Saturday. Sunday's coming. 
and your strength will be renewed. Saturday is kind of like a trapeze artist in midair. Best picture I could find, sorry. Now, there are at least two people involved in the trapeze thing. There's got the flyer, the sumo flyer, and then the catcher. And people think that the flyers are the star because they've got to live by faith and let go and fly through the air. But the real star is the catcher. And the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that the catcher is going to be there waiting for him. And it's a scary position to be, be there in the air. And uh, what if the catcher's not strong enough? What if he has sweaty hands? Can I trust the catcher? See, Saturday's at midpoint in the air. You're suspended. And nothing has been resolved. It can feel like you're there a long time. You've left the rope behind and you're hoping to be caught by the catcher. Can you trust him? Well, God's the catcher and you can trust him. Here's a big thing. Your faith in God on Saturday can grow in a way it cannot any other day. Because on Saturday, you have no other hope. When you're strong and everything's going well, life is good, you have this illusion of invulnerability. I'm in control, but not on Saturday. When he was young, Muhammad Ali was on an airplane and the flight attendant told him to fasten his seatbelt. And he said, I'm Muhammad Ali, I'm Superman. Superman don't need no seatbelt. The attendant said, Superman don't need no airplane. invulnerable. You know what happened to Muhammad Ali? Years later, he got Parkinson's. His life was grand until Friday hit. His Friday was Parkinson's. His Saturday were the symptoms for the next three decades. But it changed him. Saturday changed Muhammad Ali. He said in an interview after his disease, the truth is I can love and be loved by people in a way I never could back then. Saturday can be an amazing time of depth with God and faith. Jonah was three days in the stomach of a fish. Why did God do that to him? To change him, to change his thinking, to change his attitude and his perspective. So Jesus is saying here, my story is like your story. It's a three-day story. Friday is the crisis. We all have them. Saturday is the day after. The crisis is over, but Rome is still in control. Pilate is still the governor. Our bodies still age. Our loved ones die. We live between Friday and Sunday. Our world is a Saturday world, waiting. But God is at work. Just because we don't see God or Jesus doing something doesn't mean nothing's happening. Peter said that Jesus was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago. This was on Saturday. Jesus' body was dead, but his spirit made alive. Now, this happens between the death and resurrection. So Jesus was doing something on Saturday. He preached to spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago. Who are these spirits in prison? There's a lot of debate. We can't get into that. But the important thing is that even though nothing seemed to be going on, Jesus is at work. He went to preach. Actually, the, the word there would be hell. He went to hell to preach. Some think he went to save those who went before him. He goes back in time to proclaim the good news. Here's how one writer put it. Following his death for sin, Jesus journeys to Hades, to the city of death, and rips its gates off the hinges. He liberates Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, John the Baptist, and the rest of the Old Testament faithful, ransoming them from the power of Sheol or death. In other words, Jesus went to hell on Saturday. Now, if Jesus is willing to go to hell to save people, he must really love people. And I would suggest whatever hell you're going through, he will be there. Jesus 
will go with you no matter what your pain or guilt. It's only Saturday. Don't give up. Don't panic. Because it's a three-day story. Sunday is coming. Psalm 13 is a Saturday psalm. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day I sorrow my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I will have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. That's a Saturday statement. But, verse 5, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Waiting for Sunday. Waiting for resurrection. But in the meantime, God is working, changing me. I trust in his unfailing love. I will sing praise for he's been good to me. When I was a kid, we got everything ready Saturday night. Got our baths and clothes laid out. We knew Sunday was coming. The disciples should have known. Jesus predicted it. But they didn't get it. And their Saturday had to be awful. Waiting without hope is the worst thing. But we know today that there is hope. We now know Saturday will end and Sunday will come.